Hello and um, welcome to Design Untangle with me, Chris Mears, and today I'm joined for a nice chat in the graveyard about jobs to be done with Liz Keswick, who is a senior researcher. Hello. Hello. Um, so I guess we can probably start with maybe discussing like where jobs to be done came about and why it's sort of a popular-ish thing now. Uh, yeah, so I think Jobs to be Done was, uh, was really came out of um, market research and um, sort of business analysis. So it isn't something that comes natively from UX, which is why I think some UXers tend to be a little bit suspicious of it. And it was popularized by a bunch of um, sort of business professors in things like Harvard Business Review, etc. So it really comes from that kind of like MBA type stream of doing that deep analysis and trying to find out perhaps new market opportunities. Yeah. Um, and so can you give an example of maybe what a, a job to be done might be written down as? Okay. So the classic jobs to be done example is the idea that um, maybe you want to put up some shelves and perhaps in the past we would have thought, well, what you need is a drill to make a quarter inch hole so you can put up the shelves. But you don't actually need the drill. What you're after is the hole. Getting to the hole is the actual job the to be done The hole is there. the goal, right? Yeah, the hole is the goal, <laughs> that's right. So it is kind of taking what we might think of as classic user needs and abstracting that even further to its sort of like base level of like what is it you're trying to accomplish. And the idea is what do you hire the job to accomplish that goal for you? Um, do you fire that, that, that method when you don't like it? And what are the trade-offs? So the method in that example would be the drill, I guess? Or yeah. that's what you're hiring yeah. to get yeah. the job so done? Yeah, so you're hiring the drill to get the job done. There's another good example, which is, imagine you need to have a business meeting with some people that live on the other side of the world. And yeah. so the, the job to be done there is to have that business meeting. Now the sort of things that you can hire to accomplish that job might be a economy class seat on a plane, a business class seat on a plane, or for a much lower cost with obvious um, trade-offs, you might go for video conferencing instead. Yeah. So it means that things like video conferencing is competing with airlines. Um, which makes it sort of interesting because I think airlines would think that they compete with other airlines mm -hmm. But actually in this particular space, maybe they're not maybe it is wider than that Okay, it's interesting um, Would you say I mean if you were to sort of draw out a traditional user journey like your end point in that user journey would be you have the meeting or whatever um, and then I guess you would sort of storyboard out the whole life cycle of that so you might start off like the initial need would be you need to have a discussion with you know so and so and they live over the world um, and then you might map out a journey where they go to the airport and they do all that part of it um, get on the airline and then eventually get to this meeting with the other person uh, is that like is that a different way of describing it or are they just two kind of different well, ways of saying the same thing um, so with jobs to be done there is people like to use job statements. So for example, it would be, uh, they use sort of like, when I want to, so I can. Yeah. So perhaps in that particular scenario, it's when I want to come up with a marketing s 
when I, when I want to come up with a marketing strategy so I can increase sales to the business might be the job to be done there. Um, and maybe, and you know, and the, the contingency there is that you need people across the world to do it. So it is sort of, again, abstracting it down to that, that core piece of what it is you actually want to accomplish. Yeah. Do you think they work better with established products or is it more, can it be used for when you're coming up with something completely different or do you need to mix it with kind of more traditional discovery style methodologies? Um, I think it is very useful for discovery in just, again, getting to those core needs. And I think sometimes it is quite good at getting to the un unexpressed user needs. Yeah. Um, just in the way that you ask the questions. I think it's quite similar to the classic UX doctrine of the five whys, which is trying to get it down to that level, but perhaps it has a bit more structure than five yeah. whys. Um, I think where it's not as useful would be, for example, things that are more um, higher up and more finessed. Like, for example, UI. Can't re you can't really use jobs to be done too much to think about content or UI. Yeah. Um, it is more just about actually what the product is and what it does. Would, could the content potentially be one of the things you're hiring to, to get to an end goal? Yeah, yeah, sure. If you were thinking about it maybe in the context of maybe training or education, yeah. etc., maybe it relates to that. But as far as, say, maybe, I don't know, marketing copy or brand copy, perhaps jobs to be done isn't quite yeah. what you'd want to use for that, or you wouldn't want to use just jobs to be done. I think one of the important things to remember about jobs to be done is it is part of a UX toolkit. It isn't necessarily something that always has to live on its own. Yep. Um, it works quite well with, um, you know, different personas can have perhaps different jobs to be done, for example. It works quite well with, um, with user needs, with contextual analysis, etc. Yep. I, I think jobs to be done on its own is quite a powerful piece of analysis, but it's something that maybe you don't want to use all the time or to just rely on. Yeah, I think... Well, I've heard it said that it's useful when you've got just a really diverse kind of user base where if you were to create personas, you'd probably be doing it for the next 20 years because there's just so many variations. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it's really good for is just thinking about um, your customers maybe. And if you have like the diversity of customers, just breaking it down to like, okay, well, these customers might be very different in person. Maybe we can't create personas for all of them, but we can understand what the core jobs at the heart of their experience are. Yeah, I suppose there's a risk with that as well because seen in plenty of organizations, they just say, you know, our product is designed for anyone without really thinking that through. Uh, so yeah, I suppose just a word of caution that you well, shouldn't yeah. you shouldn't take that at face value and just say, oh yeah, this product is for everyone. Let's just do jobs to be done because we can't do our proper kind of user segmentation. But that's not always yeah, the case. Sure. I, I think that well, with every methodology, abstracting from the user, from the customer, is is always the risk. And I think jobs to be done again, it works quite well when you perhaps do have those customer voices from maybe. Um, CS or whatever sort of backing up that these are the things that need to be done and some examples of, you know, quotes and examples and as usual, the more you can get sort of verbatims and videos of what your customers yeah. are up to, the better. Yeah, there's maybe an argument that the language of Jobs to be Done works quite well with more senior stakeholders who are maybe a bit more business focused and less user focused because you can kind of 
elaborate as to what are the key things that this product needs to do as opposed to having to say to them these are the things the user needs to do which maybe doesn't land quite as well all the time yeah absolutely and i think because of how it's you know the history that it has and also the fact that with the jobs you can actually start to think about um you know what other methods compete for this particular job and how can we drive value out of this job and perhaps there's a job that is like particularly unmet yeah. by your customers or by potential customers it gives you an idea of, of where you can go as far as delivering a product and and getting sales up yeah mm-hmm. for sure and are there any other sort of risks you see with it um like i said if it's part of a toolkit I don't think it's necessarily risky. Um, you know, there are some organizations, like for example, Twitter, completely changed their org- their structure mm-hmm. around jobs to be done. So they, they, th- and I think it was one of those scenarios that we just talked about where they have such a diverse user base. There's no yeah. way that personas are going to help them. But by abstracting down to the jobs, they can actually um, think about building the right products and services uh, for this massive user base. Um, and they have actually you know, completely restructured the team around jobs to be done. And I guess, to me, that is a risk, but also an opportunity. Yeah. So um, I guess it just depends on how far you want to take it. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how well it would work in something like government, where the, the stakes are a lot higher, I suppose, for some of the interactions. Um, like, for example, if you're trying to claim some sort of benefit so that you can eat that night or whatever... I wonder, would jobs to be done work okay in that sense in that I suppose you're hiring whatever the service would be online to to get yourself fed? Or in that scenario, is it better to stick to user needs where, you know, you really have to take into account a lot more of the sort of well-being of the the person using that service and stuff like that? I don't know if I know the answer to that, but an interesting one to ponder. Yeah, I'd certainly say that jobs to be done is not a replacement for empathy, especially from the UX research point of view, which again is why I think it pairs quite nicely with um, personas sometimes, or at least having some example customers, having some customer feedback to back it up. And it's much stronger that way too, because you have that sort of business analysis side of the jobs to be done, but you also have the customer involved. Mm -hmm. Does it take a similar amount of time to break down your research into a jobs to be done or is it quicker process slower process is it just a different way of kind of analyzing the same data and getting a different output so the process that i've been using is an interesting combination of qualitative and quantitative um, where we've been doing these big customer interviews to sort of break down the jobs and essentially using something similar to the five whys yeah. and then surveying a wider customer base to see um, these particular jobs, how important are they and how satisfied do you feel with those jobs. So that's another thing that I really like about it is, the qu- is that you know, if you are doing a big jobs to be done project, using qual and quant works yeah. well. Um, I'm not entirely sure I answered your question there with um, (laughs) that's right that's what this podcast is all about leaving more questions open than answers um well i think that's kind of all i had from a sort of bare bones what is jobs to be done how do you use it are there any other kind of takeaways you've got that you think might be useful for people 
Um, again, I just think, um, just to think about your products and services in terms of jobs to be done is really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I think it would just be interesting to spend some time just doing a workshop and sort of thinking about what are the jobs that our customers want to accomplish. Let's take the, the customers' um, perhaps needs, motivations, etc. out of it and just break yeah. it down to those essential jobs. And it's, I think it's certainly worth... Um, you know, just, just taking a look and playing around with it and seeing whether or not you want to go further down that line. But I do think there is massive potential for unlocking a lot of value mm -hmm. um, where people perhaps haven't realized that things are jobs. And the entire sort of idea of hiring and firing is interesting as well. Yeah. Um, and or sort of considering the trade-offs. For example, do you, does your business want to spend all that money sending you on that first-class flight or can you accomplish 80% of it by doing the video conferencing. And well, in which case, if you can, that does mean that the business class airlines have to watch out. Yeah. And it does make you realize that perhaps for um, something like, I don't know, tiding you over for a snack or something, a banana is competing with a milkshake, is competing with um, an energy bar. You know, things that aren't necessarily always in the same category yeah. through marketing point of view, but they might still be being used for the same job. Yeah, so that's something I was going to ask actually. Do the user needs can change over time depending how your product develops or you know any other number of factors? Do the the jobs that people want to do with your product do they tend to change often? Do you think, or are they always so? Kind that of the same? is one of the interesting things about the jobs to be done. Is the idea is that jobs don't change. Yeah. The things you might hire or fire to do the jobs might change, but the jobs themselves don't change. So you still need to talk to your colleagues and figure out the marketing strategy. You still need to um, fill yourself up before lunchtime, yeah. etc. Okay, cool. Um, I think that was all I had, unless you've got anything else. No, but I would say if you're interested uh, in jobs to be done, there's a fantastic article called Jobs to be Done in Your UX Toolbox by... Steph Troth, who's from ClearLeft, um, yep. and I'd really recommend that one as a primer for getting started with Jobs to be Done Theory. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, as usual, if you've got any questions, you can ask on the uxmentor.me Slack, and we will see you next time. Bye. Cheers. Search and subscribe to Design Untangled using your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. Follow us on the web at designuntangled.co.uk or on Twitter at designuntangled. Become a better designer with online mentoring at uxmentor.me.